I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Kendra Cole Butler, who is the founder of Alpen Beauty. And These are amazing, amazing products. She is actually out of one of my favorite places, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I mean, if you have not tried Alpen Beauty products, then you are missing something. There's a huge cult following. They're just beautiful products, so pure and so wonderful. And she's not paying me to say this, by the way. I'm just uh, telling the truth about some incredible products that she has created. I'm really excited to share more about Kendra's company and how she traded New York City for Jackson Hole a few years ago and never looked back. And today she's sharing what she learned about skincare, the potency of plants, starting a beauty brand in Wyoming, and making dreams a reality. And her 20 years in the beauty industry working for some incredible luxury beauty companies led her to ultimately found Alpen Beauty in 2018, and the first line of beauty products to contain freshly picked plants straight from the mountains of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So I also love how she's integrating so many lessons and so much information that she's learned from the environmental standpoint that she's going to share with us here today, too. And thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I could not be more thrilled to be here. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your background. So starting when you were really, really young. So so did you always know that you were going to be an entrepreneur and start a beauty business? No, 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 no. Um, (laughs) Did not know that at all. It just really happened. Um, I will say from a very young age, I did love to play store and shop. You know, when my girlfriends were playing with dolls, I had a store where I was making my friends and family ring up fake money into a cash register. So I always kind of liked that idea of owning something, doing something, um, but did not dream in a million years that I would be a beauty entrepreneur. No. (laughs) Where did you grow up, by the way? Not Jackson Hole, right? No, not Jackson Hole. I grew up in a small town called Wilmington, Delaware, which is a suburb um, about 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Amazing. Really fun. So did you always have a passion for beauty products? Love beauty um, from a very young age. Whenever I, I got a weekly allowance and I would take my $2 and I would go to the local drugstore, the Rite Aid, and I would buy like five lipsticks and nail polishes. And I always spent my childhood money on beauty products. It was just, it was, it was definitely an obsession from very early age. So your first job out of school, uh, share 
a little bit about that? A Chinese fast food restaurant in the mall um, was my first job directly out of school um, just to kind of make, you know, make it work. But I quickly, my first career move was an internship actually at a company called Givenchy in London. And I applied for this internship and it was fantastic. I I don't know how I got the job, but I did. And it was in the beauty office um, at Parfums Givenchy in London. And that just ignited um, my passion for this beauty career. And, And I've been in beauty ever since. That's amazing. So you left, you came back to the States after London. And how did you transfer into... So you were at Clarence and Cody. Can you share a little bit more about those? I was in them. Um, yeah. So I, I started to get jobs at the big corporations, um, the big beauty conglomerates, you know, coming from Givenchy, Clarence and Cody was a national, a, a natural transition. Um, but I really found my passion uh, when I got a job with a Manhattan dermatologist um, who had his own skincare line. And I really loved that the business was in kind of its startup mode. It was a small team um, led by two really, really smart people, this dermatologist and his wife um, who ran the company. But my favorite thing about that job was I really learned the science behind skincare Hmm. and how beauty had this scientific angle to it. And that just kind of set me down this path of skincare. And, and, and then I turned transitioned kind of from that beauty junkie, like lover of all things, makeup into skincare ingredients. And I could not believe the difference that I started to see in my skin when I was using actives um, applied topically. That's wild. What were, what, How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. What were some of the ingredients that you found like you just didn't even know that they were just game changing for your skin? I mean, I would say vitamin C, um, second to none when it comes to antioxidants. You have the acid family, alpha beta hydroxy acids. You have the hydrators and ceramides and hyaluronic acid. But, you know, I, I, I'd spend all this money on beauty products and, and makeup, but I was washing my face with, like, Dove soap. And I didn't understand the importance of a really good skincare regimen and how it can en- enhance the performance of everything else that you're using. 
Um, so working for this dermatologist kind of just, it taught me a lot about skincare and yeah, I've, I've been really into it ever since. That's amazing. Now, was this after Clarence and Cody? Yes. So I was with this dermatologist for about 10 years in Manhattan, probably 2003 to 2015. Um, and then in 2015, I kind of had this life-changing aha moment that led me to where I am today. So you're in the pastures of Wyoming. And so how did, what was the decision to actually go to Wyoming. I don't know. I guess there's pastures, but I, I it's more mountains than than anything else. There's pastures and forests, valleys, meadows, um, you name it, we have it here. But I can tell you, you know, after living in Manhattan for 20 years, I had a pretty severe case of burnout. Um, I had one of those life-changing, awakening moments where I was just thinking, you know, what am I doing with myself? I am I'm working so hard. I'm living in this city. I'm surrounded by amazing, influential, and inspiring people, but it's, it's also feeling cluttered. And I was feeling lots of anxiety. And I just decided that I needed to take a timeout in life. And the moment was I was driving in a car and I was listening to NPR on the radio and somebody said, sometimes you have to jump off a cliff and build your wings on the way down. Hmm. And that was extreme. Like that was a moment for me because I thought, you know, if I don't make a life change, I'm going to continue to be unhappy for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty drastic, but it was also pretty fast. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. And you were a, a new parent at that point as well. Yeah, we had our first our first baby, four month old. And you know, I was just kind of looking at my life and how I was going to be raising him. You know, I was working in a corporate office from eight in the morning till eight at night. I went to work when it was dark. I, I came home when it was dark and I just started to think, is this really the life that I want for myself? Like is this how I want to live out? Life is not a dress rehearsal. You know, we all get to do this one time. And, you know, I think that factored into the decision was becoming a mom for the first time also. That's incredible. I love your experience in working for brands, but then also you got, you know, the the uh, startup, um, you know, from the dermatology office, the, the feeling of what it's like to actually start a business inside of the dermatology office, and you were able to kind of see entrepreneurs in in process. I'm so curious, did they call themselves entrepreneurs, or was this sort of an extension of the dermatology business? Um, I think so. Yeah, it was a it was a CPG brand. You know, I mean, they he was a dermatologist, but they had skincare products that were sold in retailers like Nordstrom and Sephora. And you know, it really gave me. It's where I really cut my teeth because I saw what can happen to a company that has you know good brand, good formulas. And when I started there, we were you know five people, and by the, by the time I left, I mean I don't know, there was hundreds at that point. So you know those crucial moments of any brand from day one to day 10, like year 10, a lot happens in between that time frame. So I was really um, fortunate that I got to see that firsthand. Um, and it's helped me tremendously get to where I am today, for sure. 
I think it's amazing. Supporting entrepreneurs, I think, cannot be a better boot camp in many ways than to going and starting your own. So you moved to Wyoming. And what was the moment that you just decided, maybe I go do this and actually start my own company? Um, It was the last thing uh, in my mind, to be quite honest. So I left Manhattan because I wanted to change a pace. I thought I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to do some yoga. I'm going to make babies and I'm going to just like chill out on life. And I did that for about one week. And then I was just, (laughs) I got that feeling like I need a job. I got to find a job. Like I, I always, I love to work and I love to raise my family. I love to be a wife. I love to be a mother, but I also really like to pursue my own passions and continue to learn um, and, and explore. So what I decided to do was open some local beauty apothecaries mm-hmm. because I thought this is a great passion project of mine. I know skincare, I know makeup, I have connections in the beauty industry so I can make a few phone calls. I can stock this beauty store with the best of the best products. And that's what I want to do. I want to be a shop owner. So I opened the two stores. Um, they were very popular in the local community. I was having a hard time finding people to work. So I was working Mm -hmm. in the stores all the time. And I started to notice a trend that women who were coming into these stores were looking for skincare because living in the mountains, the climate is very extreme. You know, you have big temperature changes, low humidity. We're at 6,200 feet above sea level. So there's lots of hyperpigmentation and sun damage. And I was selling a lot of skincare, Hmm. a lot, but it wasn't working. So that was my first kind of like, what do I do now kind of moment. Were there products that you felt like you were trying to find that you felt that there was a hole in the market that you could develop this need? Or how did this, how did the idea for Alpine Beauty actually start then? It's so funny because I still didn't quite get there yet because having worked at a startup company, it was the last thing I wanted to do was start my own brand. But the first thing that happened is I was getting so many returns in skincare in particular. And I was selling the best creams and the best cleansers and the best serums in the market. And every time I sold something, you know, I was selling things from the top lines. And every time I sold something, the the client would walk back in two days later and say, this didn't work. Do you have anything else? And at the same time, I noticed that my own skin was starting to fall apart. You know, everything that I had been using for skincare in Manhattan wasn't performing the same way in the mountains. And I was sitting in my backyard one night. I remember the exact night, what I was wearing, the chair that I was sitting in. And I was looking at the forest behind my house And I was thinking these stores are going to go out of business because my return rate in skincare is over 30%. What am I going to do? And I just became laser focused on the wild plants that I was looking at. And I thought, well, this is interesting. These plants are exposed to the same extreme climate and conditions, yet they are hydrated. They are juicy. They are plump. They are youthful. What is growing here? Like what is indigenous to the, to the land and how has nature found a way to adapt to this climate and what can we learn from? 
Um, so that was the first like aha moment, I think, was just really focusing on these wild plants and trying to figure out how they were doing so well in a place that was wreaking havoc on our skin. Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs, real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn. We all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? Episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now, let's get back to this episode. What was it about the plants then? So what did you do at this point? Did you go outside and start looking and start researching a little bit more about these plants? That's exactly what I did. I hired um, a local farmer and a botanist and I said, can you, can you just hike with me? Can we go deep into these forests, into these ravines? Can we go out into nature and can you tell me what is growing here? I have to know what plants are indigenous to this land. So we started to take walks and as, as we're walking, you know, this expert was like, oh, that is wild chamomile. That's calendula. That's borage. There's a patch of sage. And these were all ingredients that I had recognized as skincare ingredients from my prior life working for a dermatologist. And I thought, wow, like this is interesting. So in a town where women are suffering from this dry, dehydrated skin, there are wild skincare ingredients growing out of every nook and cranny of the environment. Like if this isn't like, how could I bridge the gap on these two things? And that's when I learned about wild crafting, AKA foraging. That's incredible. So talk to us about foraging a little bit. So foraging um, has been done for centuries. I'm not the first person to invent it. Um, it's been used by Native Americans for medicinal and food. Um, we, I mean, it's it's been around for a very, very long time. But what it is, is it's the process of sustainably harvesting a plant from its natural growth environment. And what that really means is that it's uninterrupted by man. Mm -hmm. So until you harvest it, you don't feed the plant. You don't protect it from the sun. You know, when, when something is farmed or cultivated, we, we go out of our way to make sure that the plant is protected. So it, 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 it procreates in abundance and it, it just continues to reproduce. And like in nature, those plants have to do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. 
and they have this extra gear or this fight, like we call it Darwinism of plants, to try to stay alive through these extreme conditions. And my thought was if we can put these plants with this fight into skincare, are, gonna, are they going to bring that extra gear to skin? And are we going to see a different kind of performance versus plants that are made mass produced in powder form? And I became kind of infatuated with this idea of folding wild plants into skincare formulas because I didn't know anybody else that was doing it. I always talk about entrepreneurship as you have to like doing puzzles where people don't give you, you know, the picture on the top of the box, but they just say, here's a bunch of pieces, go for it. And I I think like that is such a great example where you were just curious and you kept you know, you were excited to get up the next morning, I bet, trying to figure out this next piece, right? And, and I mean, it's such a great, I, I just have this incredible image of Kendra foraging and trying to figure the stuff out and, and stumbling upon things, but actually making progress along the way. So from the time you first started doing this to the time that you actually had your first product, uh, what, how long did that take? It was probably uh, about one to two years. I would say, yeah, it was the first thing I had to do was understand how to harvest these plants. And that was almost kind of the easy part, um, even though there is a barrier to entry because you have to have the property, you know, it has to be done on private land. You have to do it sustainably where you're not harming the plant in the process. So when you wildcraft, it's as if I were to take um, some scissors and like cut your split ends. Like I wouldn't, okay. if I wanted to give you a haircut, I, w- I wouldn't rip the hair you know, out of your head. So same thing with the plants. It's, it's the same way that the animals nibble on them. You just take little tiny pieces over a patch that's like 10 acres deep. You don't like pull the plants out. So learning about that was probably the easy part. Um, the harder part was finding a contract manufacturer who would take these plants because I knew I I wasn't going to be making this on my stove, you know, like where I made my kids mac and cheese. Like I'm not not a chemist. I'm not, you know, I I didn't know how to put ingredients. I knew what I wanted in the skincare formula, but, but I needed a manufacturer who could do it in a clinical environment make sure that it was t- safe for skin, tested, you know, to go through all those checks and balances. And finding a contract manufacturer um, was the harder part of this project because it's not really the way that the industry operates. Um, most skincare entrepreneurs will source ingredients from suppliers. Mm-hmm. Um, they, don't, they don't manufacture their own. Um, so that was probably one of the hardest parts is, is just finding someone um, accredited to work with me and and who would take these wild plants that I wanted to deliver, you know, by the truckload. No, that's incredible. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, so you're the first to use wild plants from Jackson Hole. And uh, you talked to us a little bit about the foraging and actually creating the product. So you've got this product. Now, what was the first product that uh, you developed a moisturizer, of course. 
everybody was so dry here. I mean, it was, they say necessity is the mother of invention. Um, I told you my own skin when I moved from Manhattan to Jackson hole, it was just peeling off of my face. It was, I was so uncomfortable and I knew a moisturizer, um, was going to have to be the first, first up at bat. So I wrote the formula for a moisturizer, I harvested the wild plants that I wanted to put in it, which were things like calendula and chamomile and sage and borage. I drove the plants to a contract manufacturer and they gave me um, some little lab samples, some tiny little pots of this moisturizer. We call it Melt. Mm -hmm. Its name is still Melt, Melt Moisturizer. And I took these samples back to the beauty stores and I started a test and I just started to drop it into every shopping bag from women that were coming into my stores just to see what they thought. I didn't sell it. I didn't like ask them to, all I asked was, please just report back and tell me what you think. And, and what was the response back? Um, it was pretty big. So that is, that was when I knew I had proof of concept. Um, to be honest, like I could not walk through the grocery store. I could not take my child to the playground. I couldn't get on my yoga mat without a woman grabbing me by my shoulders and saying, Kendra, what did you give me in that little pot? For the first time, my skin feels soft. I look younger. My lines are reduced. Like everything looks and feels so much better. What magical elixir was in there? And really it was just the wild plants that everybody is like stepping over every day when they're hiking and walking their dog. And, you know, sometimes it, it, you have to look at the, the things that nobody else is looking at. Yeah. And then, then I became obsessed. Then I was like, okay, I am all in because now I know for a fact that this actually works. I love it. And where was the first place that you had it for sale? Credo Beauty wrote my first PO. So I knew it was working in the stores. I started to send it to um, friends in Manhattan, Miami, Los Angeles. I wanted to see how it worked at sea level um, because my thought was if this works in the mountains where we have really horrible skin and we're exposed to these bad conditions, once I get it into a more forgiving environment, it's going to be like off the charts. And that was actually what happened. So I requested a meeting with Credo Beauty and I flew to San Francisco to meet with them um, in 2018, at the end of 2018. And they, they took the product line on the spot. So that was my first national retailer. And then Goop. Goop was very supportive too in the beginning. That's incredible. I think that's where I saw it for the first time. So that's absolutely incredible. So what do you think has been the biggest challenge to date in creating Alpen? Maybe something you've been pretty surprised about. I mean, you you were supporting entrepreneurs. You were working for incredible big brands. You had all the right experience. But what was it that just sort of surprised you? I have to say, I, I, I knew, I kind of came into this eyes wide open um, to your point, because I had worked at a startup before, but doing it yourself um, is completely different because there's so much more 
on the line. You know, like as the brand grows, you have your own money, you have your own time. You're now bring on team members and you're responsible for them as well. You want to take care of your team. You want to make sure that everybody is happy around you and that they're getting what they need to get out of the environment. Um, so I have to say everything has surprised me. Um, I knew it was going to be hard, but this was just like a whole new level of, of challenge. (laughs) Um, in a good way, because, you know, I, I, I was, I wanted that in my life. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I can't pinpoint one thing. It's just every day. Um, there's just a different issue to tackle. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely an adventure. I, for sure. I think for me, I had worked, uh, not in, in the beverage industry, but in tech for, incredible entrepreneurs, either directly or indirectly, including actually before tech and media at for Ted Turner, Steve Case, not directly for Steve Jobs, but indirectly for him. And what I found is that when I started my own company, I had no idea that, you know, their responsibility for raising capital or building a team or any of the things that you were describing. I mean, I just wanted to create a product that was awesome, right? But there's so many other elements that go on dealing with uh, distribution, not being able to uh, deal with, you know, the shippers or, you know, basically anything that might happen when it's in the hands of a FedEx or USPS or UPS, right? I mean, I'm sure you had plenty of those types of issues along the way. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that oh, yeah. that delay or screw up what you're trying to do in, in some way. So I'd love to hear a story about, you know, a challenge along the way that you've had. Uh, you know, one of the things that I always share with people, especially when I'm speaking um, on college campuses, is that I feel like entrepreneurism has been glamorized, maybe over-glamorized to some extent, that it's really hard. I, I'm not going to say it isn't rewarding and you don't learn lots of lessons, but I think that there's many stories along the way that don't ever get told where you feel like you know, you're know you running really fast and then all of a sudden you hit a brick wall and, and you know all the things that go along with it. So I'd love to hear yours for sure. I think, I don't think I was prepared for how thick your skin has to be when you hear no over and over and over again. Um, I think that, you know, I, I always had been a person who could wiggle a yes out of somebody in some way, shape or form. And when I started this business and I approached retailers and distributors, and you're talking now about capital raise, like we were looking for investors in the early stages. And I just heard no so many times that it created this like cloud or bubble of self-doubt. And I started to say to myself, can I do this? Like, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe this product isn't good enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't lead this. And I think having that persistence, um, fortitude, adaptability was something that I really had to learn. And it took getting knocked down to make me stronger Mm -hmm. because every time I, I got back up, I was prepared for the next hit. Mm-hmm. And it, it really kind of trained me uh, in terms of like 
rising from the ashes and, 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 and believing in myself. And if, if one person says no, find a way around that and, and, and go find somebody else to ask. And that was a really big challenge for me in the early days. And, you know, five years into this business, if you talk about, you know, working on it for two years before we launched, it's still a challenge. I still hear no every day, but it, it's the way that I interpret that no. It's the way that I internalize it. You know, that has been my biggest learning throughout this whole thing, for sure. Incredible, incredible story of building a great product. If you guys have not tried Alpen Beauty, definitely order. Where is the best place for people to order, Kendra? Um, alpenbeauty.com and it's spelled A-L-P-Y-N-B-E-A-U-T-Y.com. You can also find us nationwide in Sephora, um, Detox Market, Credo Beauty, Goop. Um, we have a really great, great network of uh, supportive partners and distributors. That's incredible. Oh, I almost forgot, but this is so, so interesting. I was reading all about the changing ecosystem in Wyoming can you share a little bit more about what you've discovered? What obstacles does, you know, the changing environment create in Wyoming? This has been a really funny season. I think we're over a hundred inches um, below our average snowfall mm -hmm. um, for normal winters. So it's kind of, um, I've only been living here for six years, but I've seen a lot of changes myself. So two things to mention, um, we're actually part of 1% for the planet. So 1% of every purchase goes to restoring our local Grand Teton National Park. And to date, we've helped them restore over 900 acres. So hopefully we're making small changes to, to help the ecosystem and help balance it. Um, but the good thing about the plants is that they are the first to adapt to climate changes. So, you know, we as humans, we're always a little bit behind the plants, I think. So we are we are just starting to watch growth patterns and, and monitor rainfall. But the, the tougher it is on the plants, um, the better the benefits to your skin. So... Um, I found that really interesting, but I mean, who knows? I think everyone has noticed that changes are happening and it's not like a, in 100 years, we're going to see X. It's like, we're seeing that now. Um, so hopefully that is, is, is going to help move people to start to make a change in the way that they live their life. But yeah, we're seeing it for sure. I love it. And I, I always think about, there's so many just in creating your product, all of the stuff that you've learned that you didn't anticipate you ever would learn, right? And I think that that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur too is in developing your own company is that you inevitably figure out things like that about your industry, about your supply chain, all of these things. So I absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything and all your lessons. And like I said before, Alpen Beauty, everybody needs to get some. I, I need to get the melt for sure. That's what it's called, right? The melt product. I have not tried that yet. Melt moisturizer. Melt moisturizer. Definitely going to yes. do that. We're going to make you sell out uh, pretty quickly. So definitely very excited to try it. And thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Kara Golden Show so sh you are sure not to miss stories like Kendra's and Alpen Beauty. And definitely be sure to send in those five-star ratings. It really helps the algorithm. 
And I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you haven't already, I hope you will pick up a copy of my book or download it on Audible. It's called Undaunted, where you heal, where you will hear more about my journey and my lessons in building a company along the way. We are here every Monday and Wednesday and soon adding another day uh, very, very shortly. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. And thanks again, Kendra. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And goodbye for now. Thank you for having me. I loved being here. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.